and we are back. The yes. Run Trio. Trio. That is, that is. <laughs> I am What's Tommy that? Mitchell. <laughs> and I am India Cook. <laughs> yeah, I'm Darrell Patterson. Yes, and this is episode, which episode 59. did you say? 59. 59, yes. 59. So what's going on, people? Yes, chilling, I'm really excited. Chilling. Very happy to be here with Darrell. We always, he's, he's, he's basically another, he's a run trio guy. He's, he's part of the show now. So this oh, is, sure. so you are on the show now. How was everybody's Memorial Day weekend? Darrell, you can kick it off. What you have, what you have going on? Um, Memorial Day weekend was pretty laid back for us. My, um, I had a, my cousin graduated, so she had one of those drive-by graduations. Okay. Um, mm. or gra drive-by graduation celebrations. I, I don't know how okay. you call it, but basically yeah. she was at her house. She stood out front in like her graduation gown and people drove by and presented her with gifts. Um, mm -hmm. we still kept it safe. We were all masked up even on the drive-by. Um, but you know, that, that was interesting. That was my first time experiencing one of those. Um, mm. aside from that, it was just a regular weekend. You know, we, we got out, we got active, stayed in, in the subdivision, but you know, did our thing, cooked a little something. Okay. Yeah, good, good weekend. Good. It's so funny that you say that about the drive-by graduation. My, I have a little brother for those that don't know, and he's graduating from high school. Matter of fact, he's supposed to graduate this week. So, um, but he, they're supposed to be doing a drive-by type thing as well. But they're trying to do, they think that in July, they're going to be able to do like a real graduation, but just spread everybody out. But it's interesting how everybody's getting creative with this whole drive-by graduation situation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, yeah, it should be really interesting. Um, I have been doing well. Like I didn't do anything special, like quote unquote special this weekend. I really relaxed. I'm working on a new project that I'll talk about at another time for India and Miles for India. So I've been really focusing on that and just, just really excited about just being able to continue to progress and stay on top of my fitness. So I did a lot of resting, relaxation. I didn't do any grilling. I did, I made some pasta salad <laughs> and that was it. So nothing fancy. So just relax. I was excited to have the third, you know, Monday off, obviously. I'm like, if I could have a three day weekend every weekend, I think I would be <laughs> so much more productive. Like so much more productive. Like it's just, it's just refreshing. Like I came into work on Tuesday and I was just like, all right, I'm ready to do it. It was a productive day, but I think that's because I was refreshed. Um, but I'm doing well, staying on top of my running, staying on top of my strength training and that's it. Nice. Sounds like a good weekend. Um, mm -hmm. We uh, we didn't grill, of course. I, I don't, I'm not buying a grill till I can get a green egg and their crazy price. But um, so no grilling. But I I found actually there's a place over here in Tucker that was like open, open. Like they literally had people sitting down, all that good stuff. We just went and grabbed some takeout. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was real surprised. But they're the only barbecue spot that was open in Tucker. So. You know, I had to go there to get our food, and it was actually really, really good. Sorry, I can't, I can't, Woody's, or I forgot the name of the place. But anyway. Oh, Old Hickory. Old Hickory, that's it. You're right. It's Old Hickory. It was okay. really good. It was actually really, really good. Um, Saturday was actually Trey's one-year birthday. Hey, so, you know, happy yay, Trey, happy birthday. That's a big deal, Tommy. You, you still have a human surviving, and you're taking care of it. Yes, it, he is. And so, <laughs> he's still alive, and... And growing every day, but we did a little birthday thing. We didn't do like the Zoom thing or anything like that. 
Um, one of uh, Heather's friends did come do a little drive-by and, you know, give him his present. But, you know, we just kind of gave him his presents. We set him up, took pictures. Um, his mom, I mean, his grandmother, uh, Heather's mother, did, you know, kind of Skype in so she could see him try to smash the cake. But he wasn't interested in, in, smash, <laughs> in smashing the cake. Like, like, it was funny because we were, like, trying to bring it close to him just to sing happy birthday. Right. Yeah. You know, babies, they have a natural sense to reach out, anything close. So he reached out and grabbed it and just got a, a corner of it. But then when we put it in front of him, he was really not interested. He was like, nah, <laughs> I'm good. This is not for me. So did he taste it at all? Yeah, we tried to give him some. He wasn't really interested. It's really more to do with with him. It's how it feels in his hand. That yeah. really is what it is for him. So he'll because anything new we give him. Before he'll put it in his mouth, he like feels it all kinds of ways. And then finally he'll put it in his mouth, but he wasn't interested, but he had a great birthday. I bought him a little push car, like you set him in. He loved that thing. He really, I was really happy because at this age, you know, he doesn't really respond to stuff too much. Like even if he's watching a cartoon, it's not like he's like watching it and clapping and laughing. He's just watching it. So I was really happy to see when he got in the car, he did, you know, emotionally respond, um, was happy honking the horn and you know, that kind of stuff. So. That was all good. So that was pretty much, you know, um, Memorial Day weekend. I like, uh, like India said, really enjoyed the three day weekend. Um, felt, yeah. Felt much better getting up this morning to go back to work. Yes, for sure. Yep. Yes, yes, yes. So of course, you know, I think that we are still chugging along in this whole thing called the pandemic and COVID, and things are things are continuing to move in their own fashion. <laughs> is what I keep saying <laughs> in their own fashion but something that I know that we um I know that things have been different within the running world but something that I'm looking forward to and I think that's something that's something positive that we have to do is still look forward to seeing is June 3rd is global running day and I'm super excited now usually on global running day um, I know Atlanta Track Club usually does a midnight run. They do group runs. They do all different type things um, and different run groups. I know Tess usually pulls together some global running day um, activities. Uh, but Atlanta Track Club is pulling together a challenge this year because of the pandemic. They're pulling together individual challenges. And myself and Darrell is on the board of Atlanta Track Club, and I'm an ambassador of Atlanta Track Club. And the challenges that Atlanta Track Club are doing is they're they saying that you can choose between the five different options. You can either run 0.1 more than a 10K, which is 6.3, which represents June 3rd. Um, you can do a quarter mile um, repeats set interval, seeing how many you can do. You can run your longest run ever. And Lord knows I was not doing over a marathon. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I saw that, I was like, yeah, that's, that's not happening. <laughs> Yes, for people that have done like 5Ks, 10Ks, have, they may be able to crunch it out, but I'm not doing over a marathon. Um, and then one that I was really surprised that was on the list was one mile an hour, um, every hour for 24 hours straight. Yeah, I so, saw that. Yeah, so I thought yeah. that that was really interesting. And I actually do know some people um, that are going to try to do that. So that should be interesting. And then the other one is explore a new route, um, whatever you, just a route that you've never run before. So it was really exciting, and I think that um, it's going to be a good challenge and to see everybody and see what they're doing. And you can actually go on Atlanta Track Club website and submit 
which challenge you're going to do because they were trying to get um, everybody to um, to do a hundred thousand. Is that right, Dorel? Yeah, a hundred thousand miles collected. Yep. So really excited about it. So what you gonna do, Dorel? I don't know. It's funny. I was literally looking at it today, and I don't know, man. It seems like everything is either furthest or fastest and honestly I haven't really been in the mood to do either of those right <laughs> um so I think I'm gonna do the the point one more than 10k the the 6.3 mile run yeah. I don't know if I'm necessarily gonna try to run my fastest 6.3 miles though so I, I guess okay. I'm only gonna be half doing it yeah, 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 right, 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 right. Yeah, and I'm, I'm just gonna do 6.3. It's definitely not gonna be my fastest, but I will definitely do the 6.3. But how that's gonna work for you, Darrell? Because you be putting down like 10 miles on a regular on in the morning. So how I'm gonna, gonna do it the same way um, I, I, <laughs> I did it for a mod. I'm gonna okay. run and, and watch my watch. And when I hit 6.3, I'll stop. I'll save it. I'll um, I'll think about the moment and what I just did and you know I'll take just a few seconds to um to just just to to sit in the fact that I'm celebrating global running day and okay. then I'm gonna just get right back to it okay yeah. okay so <laughs> well, <that's laughs> we'll break it up into two runs like that yeah okay that's I mean that's a good way to think about it and mm -hmm. I mean at least you are giving yourself that moment to that's right to think about kind of what you're doing and to embrace the the moment and why you're doing it so what you gonna do, Tommy? DoorDash is not on the list. What you gonna do? Uh, uh, no, I look for the DoorDash challenge, and yes. I, I got that. But uh, you know, I guess I'll do the six point three. I was hoping one of y'all would say y'all gonna do the one mile per hour. Thing. Come on now, are I was you hoping one of y'all. To would, me, that is the the least attractive one on the list. Yes, exactly. One yeah. mile every hour for 24 hours. First of all, we work. So who's going to do that on a Wednesday? <laughs> you like, know, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm interested to see who's going to do that one. Um, you know, honestly, whoever does it, I think we should bring him on our podcast. Because that, that'd be I know somebody that's going to try to do it. He actually did, uh, I believe he actually did a trial run of it. So I'll keep you posted. Yeah. Troy, it's a guy named Troy. He lives in Alabama. So yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. so I'll let you know. Mm -hmm. I gotcha. Yeah, I'll probably do, you know, the one, whatever, the six point something or whatever, and do that that day. 6.3. I'll probably do that, um, more than likely, because that seems the most, the in-between challenging of all of them, you know what I mean? So, right. I, I'll kind of go, go with that way. And while we're talking, talking about challenges, I want to congratulate, um, Philip King for completing the uh, marathon challenge and actually give a shout out to uh, Tommy Daniels and uh, uh, Mark Monroe. Cause I think they ran the 10, the 10 days for 10 miles with him. Yeah. Um, as well as Ebony and Ebony Jenkins too. Yeah. Ebony did it as well. You're correct on that. So I just wanted to say congratulations. That's a, that's a hell of a challenge. I told him mm -hmm. to hit me up next time he does it, hit me up when you're doing the one, two and three. I, I got you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> once, you get past, yeah, once you get past that, leave me alone. Don't call, don't call <laughs> yeah. me. Yeah. Man, time yeah. flies. I remember when Roy first told me about that. I can't, I can't believe that that pyramid already. This is the one where it's one mile, one day, then two. Yeah, two. yeah. So, Did Roy so it's gone all the way through ten days, ten miles, ten days. Yes, yeah, all yeah. the way. And you're, yeah. I think you're running for like fifty some odd days or something like that. Was, yeah, was yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's something like that. Forty days. I thought he said forty days in a row. I thought that's what. 
um, Philip said on one of his posts, but I'm not sure. Whatever the days are, that's a hell of a challenge. So I, I give him credit. You know, congratulations on doing that. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Darrell, you wasn't trying to do any challenges. No, I, you know, first of all, by the time I heard about the challenge, it was already, um, it had already started. And mm -hmm. I typically don't do the challenges. Occasionally I'll do one, but that one, um, no. But shout out to everyone. Who, <laughs> shout out to everyone who did it, completed it. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, it yeah. Looked, when I saw it, I was like, that looks daunting. And you know what? I wish I was in that kind of shape. Do I could at least attempt it? I was like, mm -hmm. yeah, nah, I can't even, I can't even look at it. And then at the time it takes, I'm a, that's why, because you know what Philip does, he's a, he's a UPS driver. Those guys yeah. work hard. So I, that's why I feel yeah. like he is just above and beyond because to do his job and still complete that is, is crazy. Yeah. So well, I know yeah. credit. He told me he attributes uh, some of that to his, his marathoning ability because in addition mm -hmm. to whatever miles he's running, you know, he's probably getting in another 60 or, or 70 just, just walking um, with his job. So. Yeah. Right. True, right. true. Definitely. And I'll add, Sean, I think Sean Jones also um, did, part of, did the last part of that challenge. And it's just interesting because you see them post and you would think as the days go on, because you're doing you're doing it consecutively that your their their pace would be slower they'd be feeling more fatigued but they they all look like they're really cranking it out and yeah. some of them are like you know what maybe i need to keep up more often i know um sean jones mentioned in one of his posts that he thought that he was going to be more fatigued but he feels like he's getting stronger and he may continue to run more consecutively because he was saying when he has an off day he feels like he feels it more than what than continuing to run day to day yeah so I don't I'm, I'm with him on that I feel that way too a lot of times like if I run like say I ran run two or three days in a row but then I take a couple of days off coming back feels worse than if I been running the two or three days in a row so I, I'm with him on that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that's yeah, probably one of the best things to these challenges is when it gets people um sort of motivated and reignites that fire people to, mm -hmm. uh, discover things about themselves you know who maybe they went into it thinking they wouldn't be able to complete it. And then they realize that, you know, they're capable of more than what they originally thought. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I think that that's the beauty of all of this right now. Honestly, Darrell is just, we are all having to be creative and step mm -hmm. outside of our box. And I think on, in several ways we're finding, we're learning things about ourselves and how we can adjust in different times and managing stress as well as continuing to run. Because what we also don't realize is when you're stressed and you're overwhelmed and you have changes in your life back to back where, where whether it be working from home or whatever the change is, it can affect your physical fitness. Like we don't realize that tension can cause you stress can cause tension in your body and you may not run as effective, but I think it's awesome that, people are put, putting their heads together to find creative ways to continue to stay active as well as just finding ways about themselves it's like you know what I didn't know I could do this so let me this may change the game when racing opens back up or when you know things start to look different and I think that's the beauty of it is when when the world opens back up it's going to be really interesting to see who's who has put in work during this time and who may not have yeah that's real true. that is true and not that you have to, because I mean that's it's not a 
now that you're in quarantine, you got to get better. But, you know, you if some people are using this time to, to better themselves, and that's great. If And if you're not, that's totally fine, too. Do, do what you do. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely will say, like I say it all the time, my consistency is weight is... I wouldn't say going through the roof because, I mean, I know it feels like we've been in quarantine for like six months, but we really mm-hmm. have it. But mm-hmm. for the time that we have been, I've definitely been much more consistent with my runs. And I think that will help even once I have to, you know, get dressed and, you know, go into the office again, and, which at this point doesn't sound like it'll be until September for us. But mm-hmm. um, once I do have to do it, I think I'll be in that shape where it's not as daunting for me, um, mm-hmm. you know, anymore to do it. So. Uh, which I was thinking about this morning also when I was uh, running, uh, you know, it's like, okay, I don't, it's not as, it's not hurting me as much since I've been consistent. So getting up and running in the morning is not as bad as it was when I was still trying to get my legs back under me and get back right. in some, some form of running shape. Definitely. Definitely. Yes. Well, Darrell, you are usually a treadmill runner. Is that right? Um, I definitely am now. Um, I w- I'm completing essentially all of my runs on the treadmill really yeah wow okay pretty much a hundred percent i've made a few exceptions and those normally entail like i'm just with the family in the subdivision but um i'm not quite ready to go out yet because the advice is still if you're going to be out there to wear a face mask and i can't run with a face mask no and i don't want to I know people are still going out there and they're just going without the face mask or they're not wearing it, but maybe they'll cover themselves if they pass somebody. But I don't know because I'm, I'm blessed to have a treadmill. Mm -hmm. Yes. It's not as, it's certainly not as enjoyable as running outside, but you know, if it's, if I'm doing my small part and keeping myself and my family and and the world a little bit safer then it's, it's worth it for me. Gotcha. Yeah, I definitely make, I can't run with a face mask on either, but I definitely been, I've been going out, but I literally will run in the middle of the street if I have to pass somebody. (laughs) (laughs) Or in the bushes, like I have found myself damn near in the bushes trying to like make sure I am that close (laughs) close to people. (laughs) I've been pretty lucky. I really haven't had to run, like this morning I probably saw, well this morning and um, I didn't run on Memorial Day is either that Saturday or that Sunday. I don't remember which day it was. One of those days during Memorial Day weekend when I ran, I saw more people than I'd ever seen and during my runs. Because I usually try to run pretty early. Um, yeah. So it was very few people. But like this morning, I saw a couple running. And like Andy said, I mean, I didn't get in the street. But, you know, I get it. I usually, if they won't get in the street, I'll get in the street, you know, to run, mm-hmm. um, to run past them, that kind of thing. So, but right. I know you were going somewhere with that, India. Yes, I was. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. I wanted to oh, say congratulations. <laughs> Zach Bitter actually um, did a 100-mile run on the treadmill, and he is a part of Team Ultra Elite. Um, again, his name is Zach Bitter, and he ran 100 miles on the treadmill in 12 hours, 9 minutes, and 15 seconds. So that is a world record, obviously, um, for for that. And I think that it's just amazing that the consistency that you can have on a treadmill. And I know that they have, like, new Peloton treadmills and all these fancy ones that give you something exciting to look at. But he just had a Nordic track, and he was running and 100 miles in 12 hours. So he ran 12 hours straight. And I just think that that's awesome. I know for me, when I'm on a treadmill, it's 
literally after a mile, I'm over it. <laughs> yeah, the treadmill is like, a, oh my yeah. God, it's like a time machine. It feels like yeah, you're going back a, in time. And I know it's a mental thing. Um, and I know I have to mentally get out of that and like not talk myself out of not liking the treadmill. But, you know, to run, I mean, like Darrell, I know you put down 10 miles or so on a treadmill pretty consistently. And this guy to put down 100, like, I think that that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it definitely takes, 100 miles on a treadmill certainly takes um, a different level <laughs> of, of focus. And it's admirable to me. Um, and I know that, one, you know, I'm probably at a place in my running where I felt that way about the treadmill, too. I used to feel that way about the track originally but I think at a certain point you know running is just if if you're locked in for me let me speak for myself if I'm locked in mentally in what I'm doing and I'm fully present in my running it really doesn't matter where I'm at you know it's not like um, I, I could be in the most beautiful location or I could be in a treadmill staring at the wall you know it's mm -hmm. funny like at my job well, <laughs> back when I was going in the office uh, we have a gym there and one of the treadmill, like most, almost every treadmill faces out the window. So people who normally run at the treadmill at work, they run on those. There's one treadmill that just faces like a blank wall, but that mm. treadmill has like the big fan in front of it. So mm -hmm. I always run on that treadmill and my coworkers are like, like, dude, why do you go and run and just stare at a blank wall? <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't matter to me whether I'm looking out the window, I'm looking at a wall, I mean, Normally, once I get locked in, I'm right. so present that I'm not even like looking at my surroundings or distractions and whatnot. Yeah, I definitely think it takes a different level of focus. What do you think about? Like, what do you, what's your, where's your mind when you're running those miles? I mean, I try not to think about anything. Um, sometimes thoughts come to me and I can, like, I might ruminate on something. I'm, I don't do that intentionally. But if mm -hmm. I have something pressing, like a work assignment or some stress, you know, in my life, sometimes my mind will wander there and I'll seek solutions for it. But that's not my preferred thing. My preferred thing is to um, just focus on my breath, focus on my steps, and then just become present in the moment, meaning that I'm just aware of each, which probably sounds counterintuitive to what most people do, but I'm trying to be aware of, of each moment that's passing by how my body feels, um, just just in that exact moment, not looking forward or thinking backwards. Yeah. That's, an, that that's, that's my attempt. I'm not hyper successful at that, just to be clear. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that that's one of the keys to running that I think a, we miss or like a lot of runners miss, I know I do, is that a lot of times I'm thinking about, well, dang, I got five more miles or I have this much longer or I'm thinking about, things that are causing me not to focus on my steps and my breath or for me I have a really bad issue with with swinging my arms across body I do cross body yeah. and trying to focus on that will probably be a lot better it will help me with my form and help me with being like you said more present but I find myself thinking about all kinds of other things or the five miles that I have ahead of me instead of staying within the mile um, mm. and staying within the step that I'm in and I think that that's something that I and trying to work on because I think that that you're kind of talking yourself out of the run when you don't realize that you are because you're already kind of defeated because you know you have to go a certain distance and you're thinking about what's in front of you yeah and that mindset alone honestly is probably 
Uh, I know it's probably not where we're trying to go, but I think that mindset of saying things like what you have to do, like I have to run and I have, I have, I have another four miles as if you didn't choose to put on your shoes and step on that treadmill. I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we like choose to run. And then the moment we start running, we almost, we kind of put ourselves in a mind state that we can't wait to stop it. But I mean, that's mm-hmm. not true because we went through a lot to start it. You know, we probably drove somewhere to some trail. We bought some shoes. Like the thing that you're doing at that moment is the thing that you want to do at that moment. Um, and there's nowhere else or nothing else that I'd rather be doing. So it's for me, it's never like, uh, like, when can I stop? I'm just sort of thankful that I'm doing what I want to do at that moment. And if, if I don't want to do it, if I don't, don't run, then I'm just not going to run. Right. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that, and I mean, we, we can go anywhere with this, but like, I, when I hear you say that, Jarrell, I'm thinking about training programs. Like, I'm thinking about, we kind of, I, I speak for myself, I get into that place of, okay, I have to do this many miles because I've already told myself that that's the miles that I need to do or I'm expected to do from a plan. And then now I get into this rotation of, I have to do these num- this number of miles because that's what I've already programmed my mind to say that I'm going to do. Instead of going with the flow and going with how my body feels while I'm out there running. Does that make sense? Like just really trying to transition like, okay, I'm going to go out for this run and whether my body takes me five miles, six miles, two miles, it's whatever I'm feeling instead of setting a number to every run. I don't know. I would say that's a little bit, that's a trickier topic to me because when you're making your plan, you're making it with a sound and rational mind when you're at rest and you have, you, you know where you're trying to get to. And so theoretically you're writing this plan at, at a steady state because you're trying to get to a destination and the plan that at least it's the way I think about it, the plan that I'm writing is what I'm thinking is the best path to get me from where I am to where I'm trying to be. But even as I'm writing this plan, you know, I write, you know, this difficult workout, I'm writing it knowing that when I'm in the middle of that workout, because I'm challenging my body, everything in my body at some point in that workout is going to tell me to stop. So I think too, if you're too loose and you say, just do what your body tells you to do, then yes, when you, when you're challenged in your workout, and your body's like, whew, I'm really tired, then you're gonna stop. And that's not what I would recommend. Yeah, um, because, and I think, yeah. go ahead. Sir. No, no, you got it. No, I was gonna say, and I just, I think I was thinking it more so like in a time like now to where I'm not necessarily training for anything. Like I don't have a race coming. Like I have a race in October, but I'm like, I'm not training for that right now. So like in times where you're not really looking forward or having a goal race or a goal pace in mind for a particular race like I think sometimes I know for me sometimes I force myself to get into this training plan mindset or like a set set every week of how many miles I'm going to do and I feel like I'm training all the time and there's times where we need to have off seasons quote unquote or down times to where we're not like pounding a pavement and staying so structured with a plan hundred percent. Yeah, that's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I would have said to to you, India, as far as like right now, like well, was one day this weekend I wanted to run five, but I got out there and my body was like, nah, are you sore? No. Mm-hmm. So I ended up doing four, which 
right now is the time I do that. But if I was actually training for something, mm-hmm. if I actually absolutely couldn't run five, then I need to reevaluate whatever my goal was, you know, at that mm-hmm. point. But right now I'm with you. Yeah. You know, if, you, if you're really not into running five that day, hey, run what you can or run what right. you want to. Mm-hmm. I should put it that way. Yes, 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 yes. So, yes. Now you were saying something that you were you were talking about before we came on something about the it was a marathon that was canceled. Yes, yeah, so Dublin Marathon, Dublin Ireland Marathon was canceled. It was scheduled to go on for October twenty fourth, um, and they decided to cancel it, of, of course, because of the coronavirus, and they forwarded everybody's entry to twenty twenty one. And as some people are saying, it's very interesting that this this marathon is canceled already, being that it's it was scheduled for October. And some people are very concerned because obviously Boston and Chicago and all of that is around that time. Well, Boston's a little earlier, but you know, in that time frame and just wondering when when it's gonna be called in regards to the some of the US uh, marathons that are within that time frame may be canceled as well. So um I don't know I just think that some some places are able to make a earlier call than others um I know that there are some races that have taken place here in the states like smaller races but Mm -hmm. I I think for me I'm just concerned like larger races I think it's a little bit more of a a challenge versus smaller ones true I think so too but like all those races that are set up for um October Mm-hmm. the fall i think they're gonna unless we have like some kind of tremendous second wave like tremendous i i think they're gonna go on i'm not saying i'm not saying my opinion is they should go on i'm just saying i think they will mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it'll be interesting to see i'm probably not as i, I don't know man i don't know yeah i know it would be this i mean Darrell, you are very excited to go to Boston and you know you have the the ticket to Boston which is amazing and I know that it's disappointing um to not have it to not have had it in April but I mean I know you would be I would think you would be disappointed if it didn't happen in in September as well but you know it's kind of hard to call when it's a very like it's a goal race like it's a race that you always look forward to and are excited about you know and when it's up in the air it's like ah Yeah, that's a tough call, man. I mean, for me, I'm fine. You know, in my mind, I'm, I'm probably leaning. I'm kind of resolved that it's not going to happen. That, that's just my opinion. Yeah. So, but uh, I, I'm just glad I don't have to make that call. I don't, I, that's, a, that's a very, very difficult call to make. Um, especially when you're, uh, if it's something like the Boston Marathon, people are traveling, they have, you want to get people enough notice Yeah. Um, to be able to make arrangements. But at the same time, you want to like, increase your likelihood of being able to put this on and but what if people there's so many variables i'm glad i'm not in that seat yeah right uh, i don't think anybody would want to be the one making that decision in my opinion honestly um i love sports but if i got to give up sports and i'm talking generally sports all the way around you know any kind of spectator sport um if I got to give it up for a year so that everybody's safe, I have no problem with that. I mean, yeah. of course, I, I don't have a ticket to Boston and nobody's asking me to come. Um, <laughs> so it's easy, you know, it's easy for me to say. But I mean, Boston to me is just like, okay, my favorite football team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, now have Tom Brady. I am so looking forward to this season. I don't know what to do. I'm about to vibrate out of my seat waiting for this first game. But <laughs> there's a good chance 
this might not happen. There's a, well, if nothing else, there's a good chance I might not be able to see it live because I'm already trying to find tickets to go and watch these games live. And there's a good chance I won't be able to because they won't have people in the stands. But you know what? If I got to give that up for a year so that everybody's safe, I ain't got no problem with that. Right. The tougher call is going to be if they go on and now you as an individual needs to decide whether or not you're still going to do it. Well, that's, yeah, that's what my wife asked me the other day. She said, yes. would you, even if they have Boston, would you go? Uh, yeah. I, like, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I get you on that. Well, I mean, as far as my home is concerned, if I ever want to see my child, I can't go no damn way. So. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to be quarantined for like Shut a month down. when I got back. So, look, I got like relatives in town like who have not seen Trey. You know, well, no, I guess she has actually met Trey, but she wants to come over. I'm like, dude, ain't nobody coming in this house. So <laughs> just let that go. <laughs> nobody is touching that child. <laughs> so, but I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's just a hard, I, I understand what you're saying, um, Darrell. That would be a hard decision, but yeah, more than likely, if depending on how they handled it, you know what I mean? Whether I would go to a football game or not, I would have to see what their precautions were and how were they were handling it and, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. Let, let's say they were taking all the precautions, whatever, you know, you have to wear a mask. There's X amount of seats in between people, but whatever, whatever it is you think that would make it uh, the most safe. What's your gut instinct right now? Are you going to personally? Or? So let's say Tampa comes to town to play the Falcons. Yep. Um, dude, give me the ticket. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to put my mask on. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm going to get in the corner, but I'm going to sit and watch the game because, I mean, seeing, I don't, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel, but seeing a game, football game live, I love it. I love the, I love the atmosphere, even though I barely ever get to go home and watch games, even watching the, the Bucks here in Atlanta when nobody's cheering for them but me, it's still a great experience. So I really enjoy it, but, you know, it, it's you know I I, I don't know I, I would probably go if they came to town and they were letting people in and they took the precautions I would probably go at this point. Mm. India, uh, it would have to be precautions really out there. I know for me it probably wouldn't be like a sports game. I'm good. Um, I'm cool and I'm actually good right now with racing being canceled till 2021. And I know that sounds bad, but I'm like, let's just cancel. <laughs> I've got to like, you know, in my mind, I mean, I miss racing, but and I miss the atmosphere. I miss racing. I'm not a big virtual run girl. Um, but I just think that 2021 and I think more so like spring 2021 would be a good time to restart racing. I feel like there's so many logistics that have to be done. Um, like, for instance, I know Shawana White had a race this past weekend. It was a smaller race. Um, they started every 10 seconds. They had no aid stations. It was a half marathon. They had no aid stations. I mean, there's a lot of logistics that have to be switched around for me to, like, I think feel comfortable in that arena. So, I don't know. Like, Yeah. Yeah. Racing, but if they say you got to race with a mask on, I can't do it. No, I can't do that. Like, I yeah. can't, I barely can go to the grocery store with a mask on and not be hyperventilating. Like, I literally, <laughs> like, the mask make me claustrophobic. So, like, trying to run, let alone just standing around and going to, like, no, it's just not comfortable for me. So. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. So, I mean, I, mean, I do. Yeah. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I do. I mean, I have a, a wedding that I'm supposed to be going to in June. And I, like, me and Braxton have asked, like, all the stipulations, like, what are y'all doing differently to make this, like, safe for your, for your people? Like, what are y'all doing? <laughs> we need to know before we decide that we're definitely, I mean, he's in the wedding, but for me, I'm just like, I need to know before I put, you know, put myself out there. I mean, there, there's things, that, there's precautions that I can take and that the, you know, the bride and groom can take, but I need to know. <laughs> So, yeah, that's interesting. So they're actually, well, I mean, I guess it's, you said it's in June. Yep. Well, they, it was <laughs> supposed to be in, it was supposed to be in May yeah. and they pushed it, they pushed it back to June and now they've cut it down to where it's only the bridal party and their plus ones and like um, immediate family. Okay. So they've cut it down far, but it's still like, it's still people. <laughs> where, where's the uh, wedding at? It's here in Georgia. Okay. So. Gotcha. Okay. But it's still, I mean, it's still people outside yeah. of who you, who you live with and who you regularly, you know, interact with. So. Well, I have extremes with my friends. I know we've kind of gotten on a tangent. I have extremes with my friends. <laughs> I have some friends that are, you know, like Heather, like lockdown, like I'm not going nowhere. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'll, let me send Tommy out to die, but I'm not going <laughs> no damn where. Oh, I get to go. I get to go everywhere. So yeah. But anyway, <laughs> But then I have a friend, like, his wife is from Jamaica. Them fools fly to Jamaica. They yeah. hang out. You know, they like, mm -hmm. what? But he's a he's an anesthesiologist. He works, like, on the front line. But, you know, that's just, that's always, that's his kind of, that's him, though, anyway. Yeah. Um, so, but anyway, um, so I got friends on both, you know, from every angle of how they come at it. I'm kind of in the middle. I wear my yeah. mask and things like that. But what I do understand is, you know, this shall, this too shall pass. And also... Will it though? Yes. Yeah. It will. It'll either, Do we it'll know either, for sure? If it'll either pass no. or it'll become the no, new normal. No, Darrell. It will we either don't. pass okay. or it'll become the new normal. One, one of the we other. We all say in 2021, like we just know for sure that COVID-19 <laughs> is just going <laughs> to like, I feel like hopefully by spring 2021, they'll have at least a vaccine or something. Like something will be better and they'll have more information because they still don't know. Like there's still details that are unknown about this virus. So like for me, I'm like, I feel like spring, about spring 2021, they'll have a little bit more of a handle on it. Maybe. Well, Maybe. I mean, I think, you know, everybody goes, these are weird times and, you know, we've never seen this before, but uh, we've never seen it before in modern times. True. But pandemics have been around since the beginning yeah. of time. So of course. Um, like I said, it'll either pass or it'll be a new normal we'll figure it out and keep moving forward basically mm -hmm. is how i feel about it yep true 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 well in other news um i wanted to say congratulations to mary kane um so i know that we talked about her previously on another podcast she used to be signed with nike um and then of course with um the allegations of roberto Y'all pronounce his last Re name. Roberto Salazar. Salazar, thank you. Um, the, the allegations and things that happened with him, of course, she was one that kind of spoke out against against him and potential abuse that he had um, towards her as a track and uh, running coach. She is now signed with Tracksmith. So I am really excited. That was announced last week. So I'm really excited for her. I think Tracksmith is a really good, um, really good team and organization. And they are hoping to bring a team track Smith up to New York because she actually lives in New York. Um, but they're hoping to bring something up there. I know that they have some stuff in Boulder, Colorado, uh, but I'm really excited for her. And she's been kind of speaking out and how she's been doing better 
with her disordered eating and concerns that she had in the past with that and really talking about how track organizations, schools, and different things need to have more nutritionists in place to ensure that that uh, disordered eating is more talked about, and nutrition as a runner is more talked about, as well as just kind of like the overall mental health standpoint as a runner and pushing yourself to extremes to get to a certain level, and is it healthy, is it not healthy? And so I just think that it's really good that, um, I guess these conversations are starting to be had. I think it's a taboo conversations about conversation about you know individuals not eating the way that they should and trying to perform to the to the max ability um and just kind of like the whole diet culture around being a runner and kind of what it looks like um and I think it's something that we need to have more conversations on and I know we talked about this a little bit in our last episode um with Starla Garcia but I think that is something that is very important for the running community Yes, good good job. Tracksmith is really coming around because, you know, they did the whole, uh, if you needed an, a, a kit for the uh, for the marathon trials, they gave you mm -hmm. one. So I, I like kind of what they're doing there. Yeah. Yeah, this seems like a really good, um, really good team of people. And I follow some of the guys. They have some really, really fast guys um, on there and, and ladies. But I, I think for me, I, more of the guys stand out to me, but definitely some really, really fast guys on the team that are really pushing the pushing the limits on some things. So I think it's awesome and congratulations to Mary Kane. Yeah, definitely. Now if Tracksmith can just run a sale, I might be able to buy one of their shirts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just catching Go ahead. Andy, I'm sorry, I'm just kind of catching up on this. So she's not um they're not bringing her on as a sponsor athlete. She's there like as as a as a career now. Mm -hmm. As a non-athletic. That is interesting. Okay. No, she's yeah. no, she is going to be on as an athlete as well. I think she definitely is doing some career stuff also, but she definitely is going to be coming on as an athlete. I think she's transitioning into that um, because she's still she's still been battling with some things with her transitions. But I think that right. she's definitely going to yeah be she's definitely going to be on with them as an athlete. Ah, okay, okay, yeah, perfect. Yes, that's that great. That sounds great. Now, um, I'm sure everybody since there's nothing else going on. If you are a sports fan, you've been watching The Last Dance, Michael, Michael Jordan. Um, Darrell definitely said he watched it. I know, Indy, you watched some of it as well. Um, mm -hmm. I watched some of it. And basically, like, every sports channel, every sports radio, every time I listen to one, because there's nothing else going on, regardless if they were talking about football, basketball, baseball, um, whatever that show was talking about, they somehow brought in – um, the Last Dance and kind of compared it, like took took Michael Jordan and used their star athlete and kind of compared it. So I felt like I was out on the run one day and I was like, you know what? We should compare this Michael Jordan Last Dance to maybe who right now I guess Kipchoge because I don't think – I, I haven't been into marathon running a whole long time, but I mean I followed it a little bit when I was younger. But I, I can't recall anyone who is taking hold of the imagination of people who don't even run – like Kipchoge has, uh, in in my opinion, mainly because of the two, you know, he had the first try with Nike to, to run the sub two, and then the next try, you know, he did it um, to run the sub two uh, marathon. So I think that has a lot to do with it. it, makes people who don't even run talk about the sport. So I thought he was the best person to kind of compare it to. Now, my opinion <laughs> about the last dance, it was, it was uh, well, no, you know what? I'm going to let Darrell, Darrell. Give me your opinion of the actual last dance 
documentary, like how, how it was put together, how he was portrayed, that sort of thing. I thought it was really good. I, I enjoyed it. Um, as far as how he was portrayed, it's, it's um, the image that I already had of him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my opinion may be biased because to me, he's the greatest athlete of all time, Wait, of all athlete. sports. Okay. Just okay. period. <laughs> okay. Um, so, Hold up. Hold up. Wait, I'll put what? that out there to show my bias, you know. <laughs> maybe, so maybe my opinion gets taken with a grain of salt. Okay, go ahead. But yeah, so based Did with you see that him hit? Mind, Did you see him hit? Come on, man. I see him hit what? The baseball. How is he the greatest athlete? He can't, he can't hit his changeup. Oh, are you kidding me? Did you not watch the documentary? Yes, a fluff piece. What are you talking about? <laughs> they say hitting, you know, hit, and I play baseball through high school. Okay. Hitting uh -huh. a baseball is the most difficult thing yes. in sports, period. You're correct. I'll give that to you. So for an athlete like Jordan to be, you know, what many people would consider to be the greatest NBA basketball player of all time, to mere months after the death of perhaps the most important figure in his life, mm -hmm. just abruptly stop and hit baseballs to, to bat 200 <laughs> is, is, is obscene. It doesn't even make sense. Okay, he, he hit 200, what was that, Class A? <laughs> I can't remember. It was I, I forgot. He was above where he should have been, actually, because Correct. because of and I watched you because of the media. He had to be sure. at a certain level, so he's right. above. And you're right. He did have what a 13. You know what? We're getting too far into this. But anyway, I understand what you're saying. I thought it was a good documentary as well. I, I don't think Michael Jordan is the greatest athlete. He's the greatest basketball player of all time, and will always be. I don't think anybody will ever surpass him. Um, but you know, never say never. But I don't think he's the greatest athlete of all time um, <laughs> across the board. But um, I, I And when I, I say athlete, I don't mean like athletic body as in he's stronger, faster, lean, or what I, I'm not saying like from a physical specimen sort of standpoint. I'm just saying that if you take the top of whoever sport, you know, uh, for me, my favorite basketball player, my favorite football player, my favorite baseball player, my favorite whatever sports, Whoever those people are, Jordan, I admire more than okay. any of them. I got you. I'll take that. So yeah. maybe I phrased that incorrectly. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I because honestly, the the best athlete. We gonna get into another debate, but the best athlete of all time is Bo Jackson, in my opinion. I've I've never seen anybody be able to do the things he can do, um, on any field. Basically, I think he could have done basically any sport and been great at it, but I'm getting off track. So yeah, yeah, because that would be a whole nother discussion. <laughs> yeah, that, that <laughs> I'd bring up Deion Sanders, Allen Iverson, uh, you know, but we'll I, okay. I'll throw in D okay, yeah. We might need to do a whole podcast with just <laughs> a bunch of people on here talking sports because I think we would have a great time. Uh, yeah. I think I know a few runners that we could probably get on here and we could go for hours talking about sports. But anyway, as far as the documentary, um he like you said, uh Darrell, I think he is who he, I mean, he, I didn't need a documentary for me to tell me who he was. Um, like you said, I, I think the reason I think he's the greatest basketball player of all time, you know, a lot of people go Kobe, some people will say LeBron, um, is because I feel like other people had a chance to follow him. They had a chance to watch him and mimic him, especially Kobe. 
I mean, Kobe, every Kobe move was basically taken from Jordan. And then LeBron, he's not, he doesn't play the game the same way that Jordan does. But I feel like uh, Jordan put out a blueprint on how to become a superstar um, basketball player. And I think these other guys have kind of followed it. But anyway, I think the way he treated his teammates, and I think even now after the documentary is over, a lot of them are coming out, you know, sniping about the way they felt they were portrayed um, in it. The way he treated his teammates, and I understand why he did it, but he was he was a jackass. He was a bully. Um, but he did it because he felt like, if you can't take me in practice, how are you going to, you know, respond on the larger stage? I don't know if you have to do it that way, but it seemed to have worked for him. And he seemed to truly be, besides, because I think Kobe still had it a little bit during his time period, where he actually made the other team the enemy. Like today's basketball players, I don't think think completely like that anymore. Um, they kind of, you know, they're friends, you know, they, they move from team to team so much. Uh, I don't think they have that straight hate like Jordan did for, you know, Isaiah Thomas. So I wanted to think, I mean, when we look at Kip Chogi, and I mean, I would say at this point, Kip Chogi, as far as a marathoner anyway, we're not going to really talk about his, you know, his track career, but as far as a marathoner, he's reached Michael Jordan levels. Would you agree? Is that a question for me? I mean, it's a question <laughs> for, for, for anybody that wants to answer it. Okay, I, I would say no, um, but India? I plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> why do you say no? Because why do you say no, Darrell? I mean, he's, he's uh, basically undefeated. He's, he's, he lost, what, one marathon so far? Yeah, 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 yeah. Not, not because of his talent. I, I don't know. It depends on how you're asking the question. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know exactly. I'm asking it sitting down. Okay. <laughs> um, I, first of all, they're, they're two very difficult sports to compare because you're talking about what is largely an individual sport. Yes, there's a team aspect to marathoning, you're a trainer, true. And blah, true. blah, blah, blah. But NBA basketball is just a little bit different. And I think that, I think that what Jordan did on the basketball court is unrivaled in any other sport to what anyone else did in any other sport. And, I mean, it, and it goes outside of winning, you know, mm -hmm. because you could say like Michael Phelps, right? Who like just, or, or, yeah. or Usain Bolt, when they were at their peak, they were literally just like literally unbeatable. Mm -hmm. But to me, what Jordan did and what it required for Jordan to be who he was was a bit different. Okay. Now I'm just taking it as in, like, of course, marathoning is more of an individual sport. Um, of course, marathoning is not a big sport compared to, you know, the NBA. The NBA is an international league, basically, at this point. You know, most people knew Michael Jordan throughout the world. You don't get that from winning, you know, Berlin Marathon, unfortunately. Um, but as far as his sport, and what he's accomplished, I think he's on the same level. I'm not saying he's on the yeah. same level that when I look at Michael Jordan, I look at Kipchoge too. I'm just saying for his sport and what his sport is, he's accomplished the same thing. Um, what do you think Kipchoge's last dance will be? 
We might have I seen it already. Oh, you're thinking now are you talking about the the how do you put this the the non certified races or are you talking about him running the world record at you know Berlin or you know is that what you're talking about. Uh, I don't know if we're going to see a better performance from Kachogi than what we've already seen. Overall. Yeah, in, in, okay. in the aspect. In okay, any I see aspect. what you're saying. I, 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 I obviously love Kachogi and I hope that's I hope that it's not true. Mm-hmm. But I'm not convinced that I'm ever going to see him run a race better than what I have already seen him do. So in that aspect, I would say perhaps we've seen his, I don't know what you mean by last dance, but if you mean like his, his peak or his biggest yeah. performance, yeah. we might have seen that already. Okay, I got you. India? I think he still has some more in him. Um, it may not be the best, but I think he still has a couple more marathon wins in him. I don't think it's, I don't think he, we're completely done, but I think that he, I'm interested to see kind of what he's been doing during this downtime of no racing. Like, I'm just interested to see kind of what's going to happen when, when everything is open back up, but I don't think he's done. Yeah. I, I honestly, I feel like, I mean, like you said, this whole quarantine thing, I don't know if this affected him at all. I don't know what he's been doing, but, um, I think if and when London finally does happen, for him to win it, I think we're going to have to see something. I think we are going to have to. I think a world record is going to break in London, personally. That's my thought. Somebody's going to break uh, a world still. record. Like, you when, whenever you're saying still, mm-hmm. you know, whenever they reschedule, if it happens or whatever, say 2021, you think that race would then be a world record? <sighs> Okay, with everything being even, as in when I say that, I mean as in they they trained, they've you know they've kept going. I mean, of course, it probably is. Loot. I, I can't imagine they kept, they they have kept the same level of training, but you know it to me, Kipchoge and Michael Jordan, as far as their competitiveness, I think is about the same. Now I don't know if Kipchoge's out there cussing at people, but um, he may be cussing at himself to keep going. And he might be using this time to get better. Maybe he's running on the treadmill, you know, whatever. Um, but, yeah, I think when London happens, if it's Kipchoge and Bekele are running in it, I think it's going to break a world record. Somebody's going to break a world record, one of the two. But that's why I feel like if Kipchoge wins it, he's going to have to break his, his own world record to win it. Interesting. Darrell's not here for it. No, I, if that happens, that would be amazing. I, I hope, I hope you're right. I mean, I hope. I definitely thought that when before COVID, like when yeah. the race was scheduled for April, mm-hmm. I was right there with you. I thought that was okay. going to be the greatest race of all time. Mm-hmm. But part of me feels like that moment has passed. Perhaps not. If there's any athlete that could excel through this period, it would be Kipchoge because of his like mental fortitude yeah um i don't feel that way about kenanisa and because i don't feel that way about him i don't know that he'll be yes ready. i agree with i agree with india that i think whenever it starts I, I could easily see kipchoge still winning i just don't know if i see him pushing past where he was uh-huh. I, I don't know i don't know if it's going to take a bunch of 201s to win marathons once we come back from COVID, I guess is what I'm saying. 
You I think, think Kachogi could still win with two or threes. Oh, okay. I see. So what you you're you don't think the standard is going to be any faster? I don't think so. Hmm. I, I I don't see the I guess I don't see the record being broken anytime soon. Okay. Anymore. I, I think that window closed. Mm. The momentum is gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I don't see anyone breaking, I don't see anyone beating Kipchoge right now either. And I don't mm -hmm. necessarily see Kipchoge. It's hard for me to imagine him at that level that, he, that they were building towards. Because I don't, if it's not required, I don't know if he, if he does it. Which, again, would be another difference that I see between Kipchoge and, and Jordan. I don't know if, if everyone else goes out at 205, 204, like, I don't, I don't know. Is, is Kipchoge going to try to push to break his own record at 30, whatever he is, 37 or something? I don't know. Maybe. Well, the, and see, that's what, that's what I, we kind of differ on that because I actually, I, I cannot believe someone with as much success as Kipchoge has had in the marathon, not having that kind of drive. I, I don't think you could do what he's done so far and not have that kind of drive where I'm not racing you, especially in this kind of sport. In a single man sport, I'm not racing you. I'm racing myself. And I think that's what he's usually doing. I don't think he's, if, if he, if in most of the races that he's run, if he would have waited for someone else to push him, we wouldn't have world records. He is doing this himself. So I, I agree that, I mean, I understand what you're saying about the COVID. Now, that's the part that, that's kind of the, the mystery. Like, what has he been doing this whole time? But as far as if he's in shape, I don't think he needs anybody to push him. I think, if anything, he's going to come back and want to show everybody, yeah, I'm still the ish. Now, mm -hmm. he, he seems very mild-mannered and all that, but I just don't believe people with that kind of success in a sport because you have to be competitive to win in sports you you can't yeah. be the guy that thinks it's okay if i come in second you can't be that guy and win in sports you got to be the guy that comes in and says like jordan used to i mean jordan was a i mean it was just hilarious to watch how jackass he used to be because he's like i'm playing magic johnson charles barkley but i'm the ish y'all ain't nothing i'm the ish basically and i think that's how Kipchoge is. I think he, he's on the line and he's like, look, I ain't running with y'all. I'm running with me basically at this point. So when Indy used to say that, I think, you know, when after, you know, Bekele did what he did in, um, in Berlin um, and then he kind of said, well, I think Kipchoge probably liked it because it gave him some real competition. I agree with that. I think he probably was like, finally, somebody, somebody's trying to step up and, and come with me. And I think he wants to show everybody he's still, I mean, I, I guess he's the GOAT at this point, in the marathon yeah. anyway. I don't see him in, as having the same personality as Jordan. Jordan was a little different cockiness. I think uh, Kipchoge is a little bit more humble. Um, but I think that they, they definitely strive off of being pushed. Like, I mean, I think when you are great in the sport that you do, you don't want to be competing against yourself. Like, you want competition. Like, you want someone to push you to even better levels and greatness. So I think that you have to have a level of uh, 
I don't know, I don't want to use, I don't know the word to use, but you have to have a level of pushing competitiveness to keep going and to push yourself even further. And I don't think there's been a race that Kachogi has done that he didn't want to like, like, come on, let's, let's, let's push the pace. Let's, let's make this happen. And I think, you know, that's what the exciting part of, of running is, is that you have those type of interactions. So. Well, we'll see, man. I, I hope, I hope y'all are right. <laughs> it will all be left. We will see, hopefully, what, 2021. I'm saying 2021. Darrell said COVID going to be around for forever. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying it might be. We might I'm, have to consider I'm, a world where we have to live with COVID as opposed yeah. to waiting for it to go away. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, that's, yeah, that's kind of what I think, that we're eventually going to have to just figure out a way to live with it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm hoping they'll come up with some form of vaccine, but I think we're going to have to figure out a way to live with it and I mean it's not, this this is the first thing that we've had where it's just anybody can get it kind of thing I think that's I think the other things that have come along throughout my lifetime we have found ways to say oh you can only get it if you do this or you can only get it if you do this well this is hey, it's in the air it don't matter who you are you can get it mm -hmm. so I think that makes it a little different but I think in the end we're gonna you know whether somebody comes up with a mask that you know People can hear, you know, with a little microphone on it, so you can hear when you talk or some, some holes. <laughs> you think I'm playing? If you think I'm playing, these are the things that I'm sure somebody is thinking of right now. Yeah, like, Bane okay. already, Bane already has that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, somebody's out there right now trying to invent a mask that everybody can wear, feel comfortable wearing, and still protect you, but you can still hear them and they can still breathe easily. You know, they don't have to hyperventilate like you said, India. So, mm -hmm. it, so I, I truly believe eventually we're going to have to just figure out a way to live with it. Yes, yes. yes I can't, yes. can't stay up in this note. house no more. Mm -hmm. Have, have y'all seen, um, have y'all heard of Prefontaine? Steve Prefontaine? Yeah. Or watched the document? Yeah. That's, mm -hmm. just on a side note, to me, that's a better Jordan comparison. Prefontaine? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm, just I'm just kinda, throwing that out there. We don't it's, have you know, the only it. reason I, you know, and no, throw it out there so we can talk about it. This is a podcast. We brought you on here to bring in information. <laughs> but that's a very good one because you're right. Prefontaine was about that life. Um, pushing himself. And he kind of had the same kind of cocky attitude that, you know, maybe we don't feel Kipchoge has. Uh, but Prefontaine's attitude was closer to Michael Jordan. Hey, and did you notice how he's using all of these negative words? I've heard him say jackass a few times. Yes. Yeah, and like, you are just like. Cocky. It's he just, is cocky. It, all these words, you know, that, that have such negative connotations is into us. Yes, yes. How does it have a I negative connotation? Tommy's holding on to some animosity. You don't have to delve into your sports history. <laughs> so, something happened to you. Terrell you got uncovered. Like, Check. You coming for Jordan. Okay, for no, him. let me tell you something. I and loved watching Michael Jordan, watching that documentary. Cause like the first time they, they, the first year they went to the finals and beat the Lakers, I'm sitting watching that documentary like, oh, I had a basketball watching party for that. I remember this, I, I mean, it was, it was great watching it, you know, going down the line. I had no problem with him disliking Isaiah cause Isaiah's, Isaiah's a jackass. I mean, I'm just saying, <laughs> <laughs> if you a jackass, you a jackass and let it roll. It's not negative, it's just saying, I'm sure, 
Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan will tell you. He said it's not negative. It's not. I'm sure Michael Jordan be like, yeah, I'm a jackass, but I'm a winning ass jackass. So it is what it is. I think even in, didn't he say, if you think, didn't, I don't know if he said jackass. I forgot what the word he used, but I'm going to use jackass. He said, if you think of a jackass, then you've never won anything. And I remember you know what we need we need one of the little counters. You know how it has. Like, <laughs> yes, how many times he has he said yeah. <laughs> jackass. Um, but anyway, Trey hear you. Trey hear you. He's gonna right. be saying that when he start talking. He's like, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> jackass. He gonna be calling you and Heather a jackass, and y'all gonna be mad. And it's gonna be your dude, fault. Dude, let me tell you something. This ain't that house. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> um, but uh, no. I'll, okay, I'll just say badass. I don't know what to call him, but he had a very, he was a bully and, you know, that's how he pushed his team. That was the way he did it. I've had coaches like that and I ain't gonna lie to you, it works. I mean, the coaches that bullied me and pissed me off and whatever, I worked harder. It's plain and simple. That's why Belichick's the best. That's why the I, Patriots always win. Belichick's the jackass. Everybody has their own way of receiving coaching, and some people don't get pushed that way. So I just think it depends on who you're dealing with, because some people don't like that mentality and like the the bullying mentality. If in your words, does not get people to greatness. Not everybody. Well, I mean, I'm sure That's his teammates point. hated him. I'm sure every one of them. I mean, it's coming out now how many of them actually hated him. But six championships. That should be a topic uh, if you guys do another day, uh, on another day. We're too deep into it to do it now. But um, right. just that term of bullying and what that means and not even just in running, but in sports and competition and uh, just yeah. that term, you know, what one person might describe as bullying, how another person might see it and, and vice versa. Right. Yeah, that's a good, good very good topic. That's the difficult part of, um, I would imagine, of coaching in general. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you're dealing, you know, it's almost like parenting. You know, like if uh, people were able to judge my parents, they might call my, my parents bullies, you know, because maybe they, you're too tough on them or something like that. But mm-hmm. with your children, you, it's only one set and that's the only thing they know. But when you're dealing with a diverse group of people who maybe have different mm-hmm. backgrounds, as India pointed out, and they take to things differently, I, I bet it's pretty challenging to motivate a diverse group of people that have all different backgrounds and, and were brought up different ways. Yeah. yeah, and I think it, it's a simple fact, and something that just stood out in my head is, so you know if you go run in a running group, some people are very intimidated by running groups, whereas some people are like, oh, bring it, I got somebody that I can, you know, I can beat to the next stop sign or whatever it is, or if yep. you're in within a group, you're like, I'm going to stay up front, I'm going to make sure I'm pushing the pace, or you're like, I'm going to make sure I stay with the group. But there are also people that like myself that I'm like, if y'all leave me, I might as well have run by myself. True. So I have yeah. a different like take in regards to how I receive motivation. And I think that that varies from person to person. And it could definitely, like you said, Darrell, it could be- very so dictate how your upbringing was any traumatic situations that you've had so i think different approaches are definitely different for different people and coaching would definitely you have to learn your athlete and find out exactly if if cursing them out is the way to get them to that to that pr then okay but if if kind of and i don't want to say coddling but 
giving them words of affirmation, telling them how good they did, telling them the positive things that they've done would get them to that PR is very different. And I think that's why when you have a coach, you have to really have a personal as well as like athletic relationship with them. Like you have to dig deeper than just the times that they should be setting or giving them a training plan. It's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. Yes. True. Um, I know if I pay for a coach, I, I want somebody to, I, I'm not saying I need them to cuss at me, but I do need somebody to push me. Yeah, I feel you. I can't have, you can't just be like, well, you want to run six today? No, we're one three. No, I need somebody that really wants to push me if I'm going to. I mean, at this point, that's what it would be, paying for a mm-hmm. coach. Nobody's signing me up for anybody's team. But I, I think, you know, depending on the sport, I mean, like running, I don't think even when I ran track in high school, I, I, I mean, my coach was very, I wouldn't say it was mild-mannered, but he understood that this was a high school track and field team. There was maybe one kid from our team that was probably going to run in college. So he wasn't crazy about it. Um, whereas my football coach was a, not the total opposite. He, but he would, he, yeah, he knew when to yell at us. He knew when he had to get in us to get us moving, to get us working, but it wasn't like 24 seven kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think even sure. beyond, there's some things that are obvious, like, yes, we can draw out the exaggerated points of most people are not going to like you cursing at them per se, mm-hmm. but even like, you know, and I think that, like, my person, I'm, I try to be, I think that I'm pretty in tune with people's, like, emotions. And I can, I try to cater myself to, like, I try to alter, like, the way I speak based on how I perceive people hearing me. But even just casual comments, you know, you'd be surprised how, you know, just something that seems pretty mellow on the surface, like, oh, you know, maybe you say, oh, it looks like you're having a tough time out there today. Like, mm-hmm. some person might hear that and, and just go home and cry. Mm-hmm. You know? As somebody mm-hmm. else just takes that as, you know, like, uh, just a regular passive comment. They're like, yeah, it was hot out there today. And it's just so, you never know how each person takes things that on the surface to you might seem to be just an innocent passing comment so true or if they're just having a bad day like right that too yeah like they could just be having a bad day or just thinking about oh my they were just in their feelings about how bad the run was and then you just co-signed that the run was bad like you know but any it it could be a totally another day and they're like yeah it did this suck but it is what it is so it just it definitely depends and you do definitely have to like watch your words and i think that Mm -hmm. that's something that is imperative especially in the running communities that we have to be very careful on the words that we use when we're using them and just understanding that words can mean a lot and they can stick with people I mean I know for me even when I first started running there's people that have said stuff to me that still sticks with me to this day and I've been running for years and it's something that is like the, the subconscious of when I'm doing certain things or I have bad runs or my pace is slow and I don't want to pace, you know, I don't want to post my pace because this person talked about like weight and pace and all this other stuff. It's like, it really sticks with you. So you do have to be careful. And they may not even know that you feel that way about what they, you know, they're going around just living life, not realizing that something they said to you impacted you that way. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Uh, I pretty much believe when people say mean stuff, they know they're being mean. I, I but just, they don't, some people don't that. realize that it may have been mean. Okay. 
I mean, I understand that. I mean, that's why I'm always now, I'm always careful to say, I, I don't get into like paces and stuff. Like I might go, oh, I, I just, I ran that. You know, I only ran four or I, I ran, oh, I was really slow today. I was running, you know, 10 minute, you know, mile, whatever, da, da, da. I get, I, I, I have learned to be careful how to say that because, you know, my slow pace maybe somebody's pace, pace, you know what I'm saying? So I don't yeah. really like to say it like that, but you know, I, I always say pace is relative, you know, don't just because I'm running this pace and I call it slow. I'm not talking about down to you. I'm just saying what I need to get done for myself. Right. Word. Nope. You are right. Well, I really enjoyed y'all sports talk, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I tried to keep it civil, but see, Tommy hurt my feelings now. The way he was just being all crass about Michael Jordan. Right. <laughs> no so how about that? And, and based on your own words, when people are mean, they're mean on purpose. Right. So, right. Oh, crazy ass Michael Jordan. No. Anyway. <laughs> Look at that. You are right. <laughs> Tommy is being intentional with his words and he is being That's mean right. and you are hurting. You could be hurting Darrell's feelings and you don't even know it. Oh, trust me. I, I, I expect to get emails about this because Jordan holds in my heart. And now Darrell, I, I have to listen to you tear him down. <laughs> but I'm not tearing him down. I've called him a winner, I don't know how many times. That what he oh, is. Last times, then you called him a jackass. Okay, right. winner, 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 winner. <laughs> He wins. So, and he, see, he, there you go. You think you can say one thing and make up for the bad stuff, but you already Tell him, India. Tell him. Anyway, <laughs> first off, y'all ain't going to gang up on me. Um, <laughs> start with that. But, um, no, I enjoy talking about it because I, I kind of, I, I mean, I was looking for, you know, some, some, some uh, comparisons with, with Michael Jordan and track and field. Um, like I was kind of telling you before we started talking, I was kind of talking about Carl Lewis and Ben Johnson. That's the only group that I could, only two runners I could find that truly hated each other um, to their core. Now, I don't know how much Carl Lewis actually hated Ben Johnson, but Ben Johnson definitely hated Carl Lewis. Um, <laughs> I think Carl Lewis, well, no. I, I think it went both ways, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I think, I only think um, Carl Lewis started hating Ben Johnson when he started losing. I think that's, when the hate just boiled over for Carl Lewis and anybody, and I want to say the 30-30 is called 9.7, I think 9.76 with an asterisk because we all found out later that Ben Johnson was, you know, HGH, but, you know, they're saying Carl Lewis might have been on it too. I don't know. But anyway, um, I think once Carl started losing to Ben, that's when he really started hating on him. I mean, like hating on him, after he got beat, like going up to him saying you, you false started, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but that's the only one that I could really find because pretty much runners are civil, I guess, to each other just because it is a kind of more of an individual sport. And also they have to, you know, when they run the diamond circuit, they're all to get the diamond league or whatever it's called. They all are together for, you know, months at a time. So who do you hang out with? Probably the other runners. So I, I think right. that has something to do with it too. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that there's some internal, I got my eye on you type stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, if you're not in tip top shape, then what you need to do is, I mean, it's you, you versus you. I mean, you are definitely competing against people at the line, but you know, you, you can only, your performance is only going to show what you've been working on. So. True. Yeah. Definitely true. 
Well, anyway, so I, I have enjoyed my sports talk. I, I apologize, Darrell, if you felt like I was tearing Michael Jordan down. I, I, I'm trying forgiven. to apologize now. Yeah, you are not forgiven. <laughs> nope. nope. <laughs> not cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> but I did enjoy the conversation. It was good to uh, talk a little, a little sports since we have very little sports. Oh, did you watch the, uh, I don't know, do you watch golf, Darrell? No. I mean, I, you know, I, I just root for Tiger. <laughs> but I don't really know anything about golf. I got that. you. Did you watch the match with him and Mickelson and it. Tom Brady uh, and Peyton? And yeah. Peyton. It was actually I, I tuned in and out. It was actually pretty good. No, I, I didn't watch it. I heard about it, though. Yeah. India, did you watch it? I didn't watch it, but I saw the last clip that they, I guess they raised, what, $2 million or $12 million? $20 million. Twenty. Okay, yeah. I knew I knew it was a two something, <laughs> but yeah, all of them have those coins, so I guess it, you know that really wasn't a hard pull. Yeah, I, I think they got donations from other athletes as well. Mm -hmm. I know the shot that Brady hit, like he 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 hit one on the fly from the middle of the fairway, and I think it was a donation for a hundred thousand that was given by another athlete um, that donated to the to the cause. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. Yep, yeah. And the way you said that sounded pretty cool. That lets what? me know I don't watch golf. Why? He hit it on the fly from the fairway. <laughs> that just sounds like another language to me. But you killed that, man. That sounded like someone <laughs> who knows what they're talking about. Right. Well, he he uh he was in, you know, I mean, you understand from the so he drove it from the tee, he was waiting to hit it onto the green and it went into the hole. He like didn't have to get it on the green and put it. He didn't put it all. That's basically what happened. But so that's that's an amazing shot for a professional golfer. I mean, and for a guy that plays, you know, quarterback, that's a really amazing shot. So um, makes sense. It was, yeah, it was pretty cool. Well, I don't want to um, stop this podcast without uh, giving a congratulations to the race for Rep the Race Week. Oh, like yeah. I think that hey. it was an amazing week. Um, not only did they have us on on Wednesday to do a motivational Wednesday in the morning, it was really exciting. It was good to have motivation every every day in the morning. It was good to see a lot of the um, support supporting companies that are you know doing health and fitness as well as some of the companies that our sponsors of the race on there talking, DJs that have been at the race and, you know, that are supporters of the race. It was just a very good, good feeling energy the whole week to see, you know, everybody coming together to have some goodness and happiness and excitement and, you know, things to look forward to um, for the day. So I really appreciate Tess and the race. And of course, Darrell, you are part of the founding founders of the race. Thank you very much for collaborating and putting that together. No doubt. It was amazing. I, I enjoyed myself, too. And um, definitely proud of Tess. She puts in a lot of work to try to keep the energy and momentum going uh, when it would be easy to, to just dial it in. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I actually saw something online. I don't know, Darrell, did Tess invite you to this um, race that she did? Where she was kind of testing out how to run a race with Oh, using... yes. Okay. Did you go out to that? I did not. You did not. Okay. He's gonna I call me out on air. I see. <laughs> I see. Darrell, you was invited, but you didn't go. <laughs> I didn't now, know Tommy, because. You no, know he did. Listen, wait a minute, wait a minute. Tommy, you know he didn't go, being that he just told you he wanted to run in his neighborhood by himself. 
Anyway, so I did see somebody post about it. So, but they didn't, you know, they just kind of explained what was going on. And it was, you know, invitation yeah. only. So I wasn't, I, I know you're not on social media, so I wasn't sure if you went and just didn't, you know, post anything about it. No, but I didn't it did. go, but she's just testing some some things out. And yeah. Just, you know, yeah. And, and I mentioned that just when you say test puts in a lot of work, that's why I mentioned that. Tess puts in a lot yeah. of work behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. She's trying to get us back out there on the road, you know, doing different things, you know, experimenting. So that's why I was saying that. Not to bring out the yeah, real. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And for our know, listeners that are unsure, right. For our listeners that are unsure, we speak of Tess all the time. She is a race director here in Atlanta, Georgia. So she uh, definitely is working with us and we collaborate with her. And, you know, we all are, you know, know her personally to be able to you know she's doing whatever she needs to do to ensure that the Atlanta running community for the races that she is putting on is running will run effectively when it's safe to do so and she's putting in the work to see what that's going to look like so congratulations yeah. Tess and continue doing good things yeah I hope she keeps it because I really want the race to go on and you know I hope she can you know if, even if when the race is coming around and we're still in this kind of you know edgy part of life um, maybe she can figure out a way to make sure it gets done because I would hate to miss it. Well, T Tessa would, would kill me if I didn't make it clear as she has been saying many times over the last week or so, it is not even an if anymore. The race is 100% going to happen. There you go. The only mm. thing we're not all the way sure about is what the format is going to be. Mm -hmm. But in some shape, okay. form, or fashion, Gotcha. It is absolutely going to happen. Great. Good well, there hear. you go. There that's, it is. That's new stuff. Okay. All right. Well, is is that yeah, is that it for it episode fifty nine? That is it for episode fifty nine. I enjoyed before, it. Before we go, Darrell, do you have anything that you want to add? You want to? You can call Tom Brady a jackass if you want to. You know that'll make. <laughs> nah. make you feel no, better. <laughs> he probably I'm, I'm is too. York, I'm from New York, and I still wouldn't do that. Even as as a as a New Yorker, I, I have to. Um, it's hard to not recognize the greatness of of Tom Brady and and what he's accomplished. He definitely um, is, is is an amazing. It's an amazing thing he was able to accomplish, especially um, starting from where he started. So true, he, true. he gets all my props. Yeah, true, true, true that. <laughs> and what do you got for us, India? Um, continue to do great things out there, guys. I don't have anything else for y'all. I think that we continue to do great things and some good things coming on the horizon. And thank you guys for coming on. And Darrell, thank you very much. And oh, let me put this out here. Darrell has a YouTube page. So you all go uh, check, yeah, check out, out Darrell's YouTube. YouTube page. Yes. Definitely. Plug yourself, Darrell. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I need more subscribers so I can get in because people are like, what's your YouTube page? And it's like YouTube backslash like some random yeah. series of letters and numbers. <laughs> um, yeah. So always, until I get enough subscribers to actually get a name extension on my page, the easiest way to get there is to go to my just general website, which is darrellruns.com, D-A-R-E-L-R-U-N-S.com. And then you'll see the link to my YouTube page on that website. And then just go to my page, subscribe. I think once I hit 100, I can actually put a, a name on my page. Okay. That's what I was going with my question, like how many do you need? So um, we'll I think put it's the link. Yeah. I think it's 100. We'll put the, uh, put the link um, 
in our should we put the link to your website in the uh the message or should we put the actual direct link to the youtube page in our e message either one either one okay either one. on our facebook when we we post this week we'll put a link so you can get to it so we can get Darrell up to 100 subscribers so he can he doesn't have to have that crazy looking number which i completely understand because a lot of them are like that until you get to a certain <laughs> level yes 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 well that's exciting i'm excited i watch it every week i always excited it's it's nice and nice little recap from Darrell um being that he's not on social media anymore we still get to see him and see the great great things that he's doing he's putting in work y'all so good job appreciate yeah. it and for those that check right now because we're in well because i'm self-quarantining it is mostly me i've been trying to do this little quarantine check-in thing where i have like uh some quick conversations with people to see how they're doing but the original idea once this thing once we're out of this current situation my real plan was I wanted to just try to run with every different run group I could find in Atlanta at every different location I could find and mm -hmm. just share their information so that it could really just be an insight on running in Atlanta. But yes, for now, unfortunately, uh, it's mostly focused on me. <laughs> and that's okay. You're still doing great things, Darrell. Definitely, definitely. Well, thank you. Well, yeah, we can't, then I, yeah, that is a good idea. So yeah, I can't wait for us to get out of this uh, so we can see you running with, because uh, there's a lot of run groups in Atlanta that we don't even know about. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And I want right. to find them. <laughs> exactly. So India, <laughs> if they want to get in touch with you, how would they do that? Yes, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at I underscore of underscore indigo. That's E-N-D-I-G-O underscore run. So that's I of indigo runs. Um, you can also find me on Facebook at India Cook. And if you would like to email me, you can email me at, email me at milesfromindia at gmail.com. And you can get me at Thomas W. Mitchell, the number two at gmail.com or teammitch68 on Instagram or at the run duo, our Instagram page. You can do us there. Awesome. Darrell, do you have any other contacts besides your YouTube? No, that's it. DarrellRuns.com is the main way uh, that you can get to me. And thanks for having me back, guys. Uh, I also listen to every single one of you guys' show. I'm, I'm waiting for it. Indy will tell you I'll be messaging her or Tom like, hey, man, hurry up with my show. I need my uh, Right. So Where's the show? Doing it. <laughs> Thank you very much. So this is episode 59, but it's episode 59 for the run duo, but it's episode two for the run trio. So we're going to keep, keep track of it that way. Right. Give me my own little separate calendar. That's what's up. Exactly. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see y'all in a couple right, of weeks. Peace. All right, have a good one. Y'all take care. Peace. <laughs>